Hello and welcome back to Quarantine Call with Shieldless Mag. As always, I'm Nick Shields and today you'll be hearing myself and Ruben Barrick, co-founders of shieldlessmag.com. And on the line with us for today's episode is Zach Dowdy. Zach has been a staple in the San Diego skate scene for over a decade now. And we got to catch up with him to see how quarantine's treating him. We talk about his recent life hammer in purchasing his first home, as well as how he got into building DIY or do-it-yourself skate spots. We also talk about his 10-year long run running his own skate zine typical culture and his newest venture of running his very own YouTube channel and putting out a video every week this year. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you do, make sure you share it on Instagram and tag us at ShieldlessMag. Catch up with Dowdy on YouTube at Zach Dowdy and on Instagram at Dowdy. Cheers. Now it's a quarantine call from your buddy's making room in that bed. Shieldless mag, oh yeah, oh yeah. Gonna talk about skateboarding, talk about toilet paper hoarding, talk about working from home and getting unemployed and sitting in the wash your hands. It's a quarantine call. Welcome back to another episode of Quarantine Call with Shieldless Mag. I'm Nick Shields, co-founder of ShieldlessMag.com. As always, is my partner in crime, Ruben Barrick, the other co-founder of Shieldless Mag. What's up, Ruben? How we doing, everybody? Good evening. Good evening. And on the line with us today, we have a very special guest, friend of the mag, Zach Dowdy. How's it going, Zach? Good, good. How's it going, everybody? Good afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> going well, man. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird saying your full name because I feel like everybody just calls you by your last name. Yeah, it's so much easier. <laughs> so, like, there's so, many Zach, so many Zachs in the world, you know what I mean? My, my yeah, dad yeah. goes by Dowdy, too, so it's funny. People, <laughs> when we're together, you know, it's hard. <laughs> you guys both, yeah, you I, guys both I, turn your heads. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you don't even seem like a Zach to me. It's just like there goes Dowdy or Dowdy just rolled into the park. It's like nobody's just like there's Zach. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's it's like not too well known, but like legally my last name isn't even Dowdy. <laughs> oh dang. we got shieldless mag exclusive. Yeah. Oh god. Do you I didn't really need to change that for the public. Yeah, I've been meaning to change it forever. I'm sure it will, but I just go by Dowdy because that's my dad's last name. It's a family last name, but uh, cool. yeah, legally it's actually Bird. Oh, damn, yeah. dude. That's a cool name, too, though. But <laughs> that's crazy, man. Nobody. Yeah. A, a shieldless Mag exclusive, man. I don't think I've ever heard that anywhere. <laughs> I've, I've definitely. It's funny because I do it even like applying for jobs or anything legal. I'll always write Dowdy and I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to let him know. <laughs> it's it's <weird. laughs> Yeah, you can't, can't. Yeah, you can't just start going by bird now, though. I mean, you're. Yeah, you skate pretty gracefully on transition like a bird and just in general, like you flow like 
pretty <laughs> pretty fluidly. So I feel like I mean it makes sense. Like bird bird could work, but it's also it's just hard now because I've been conditioned to know you as daddy as long as I've known you. So I don't know. We're sticking. I feel that. like I made I, I I sort of like wanted that to happen as like weird as it sounds. Because <laughs> I, I didn't like birds that much, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, birds is weird. I don't. I don't want to be a bird. And then, like, as I grew older and you know got more confidence, I was like, actually, birds dope. What? But you know, gotta commit. <laughs> yeah, daddy's a little more unique. That's cool, yeah. man. Where is Dow- Where's the name Dowdy from? Is there <laughs> like a area in the world where there's a bunch um, of Dowdy? There's a bunch of Dowdies, but it's like an Irish heritage, basically. Oh, uh, word. Um, yeah. Well, my family's like in 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 the south, as far as like close family, but my dad's here. Sweet. Well, uh, yeah. Now that we know your family history, uh, what? How's the quarantine treating you, dude? You said you've been. <laughs> uh, you said before the show you've been working from home. Have you? Uh, yeah. I've what have you been doing to keep busy? Honestly, I feel like there's still not enough time in the day. It's funny, like, people people will be like, I'm bored or something. I'm like, how are you still bored? Like, there's just so, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've ended up, you know, making so many things in my life that there's things to constantly be done. So I feel mm-hmm. like I'm never, never not busy. But, you know, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. My sanity. But I, I, I do try to break it up, you know. But, I mean, as far as, like, the quarantine life, dude, it, it's it's all right for me. You know, I'm not like, it's, it, it sucks. Like, obviously I want to go and ski with the boys and like have sessions and do things as regular, but obviously there's like a huge, you know, thing going on that nobody really knows about. So it's like, I, I don't know, just kind of yeah. playing it safe and trying to, trying to just do my part, I guess. And then, yeah, as far as, far as like day to day, dude, like, like I said, it kind of got a house. Not too long ago with my fiance, so yeah, you buy your house comes with yeah, so that comes with congrats, like long. Thank you. Yeah, Mazel Tov, man. That's that's big moves right there. That's a life hammer, dude. Like not many, not many skateboarders can can say they've done that. Yeah, it's definitely a big goal and like a huge, you know, huge ambition of mine. I had like I guess somewhat at a young age, me. And my fiance now, when we both met, we're just like, we want to buy a house and, you know, just kind of build some foundation that can't be just ripped away from you. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're stoked. It took, took a long time, but stoked to be here. Now it's just like chipping away to make it like our home versus like the home that we bought, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Though. That's something that I've been really interested in for myself, like in the near future, is hopefully owning a home one day. and. It, it seems like so out of reach just a couple of years ago, but after talking to a few people that have done it, I'm like super hyped on the idea. What uh, area of San Diego are you in? We're in La Mesa. Out in oh, no. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, we got, you know, a little bit of room. We're going to build a, building a ramp in the backyard and stuff. And yeah, as far as the process, okay. it is so much easier then, then you imagine, like, like you said, like, when you're younger or even, like, when you're not that young at any age, you can think, yeah. it, I think, doesn't matter what age you are, you can think <laughs> it's super hard to buy a house. But, like, I guess if you just really sit down and, and think about all the moves and 
ways and things that you can do to make it happen. It's really not as hard. You definitely need like help from people that have done it and can like lead you into the right direction. You know what I mean? You can't just do it alone. Yeah. Do you have any advice to somebody like me who is looking to buy a house in the near future? Honestly, there's so many, like, especially if you don't know anybody, like a lot of people go to like their family because they have like realtors in the family. They know somebody has a realtor. So that's like the first route you can go. But like, if you don't know anybody, there's like so many skate realtors now. It's crazy. Oh shit. So yeah, I mean, you can even go, go to like one of the, one of the pretty well-known skate realtors. There's a bunch out there. I'm sure you could just Google it, but. You can even ask them for advice and just tell them, like, what your situation is. And I feel like that's a good starting point because they'll be honest with you and stuff, you know, for the most part, especially if you find someone that's, like, you know, close with your family or as a skateboarder because you can obviously trust their opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From from skate to real estate, that's uh, that's what P-Kid's doing, I'm pretty sure, too, yeah? Yeah, exactly. That's, like, you know, if you're in San Diego, there's one, one person right there. <laughs> you know, that's pretty sick, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I saw your video about wanting to uh, build a ramp in your yard, and I was like, damn, dude, you, daddy owns this house. That's epic. And our friend Dominic at Sea Rat, he just bought a house this year, and, like, I don't know, it gets, gets me hyped, man. Makes gives so me a little cool. bit of motivation. Because now you know, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's good seeing your friends do it because then you're like, oh, it's, it's definitely, like, you can foresee it. It's more possible, you know? Yeah. yeah. How did you save up money over the years just from just put a little bit away every now and then? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, basically just put just putting a little bit of money away every now and then. Um, you know, being smart with taxes because I wasn't smart with taxes when I was really young, so that took a long time to figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so doing things like that, putting money away. And then also just, like, working. I mean, obviously, we put, like, a large down payment down, so that's what the what the hardest part is, is then we had help the down payment, you know, just getting a loan and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. once, once you get the big chunk for the down payment, that's really the hardest part, but... As far as, like, the financial part of it, really, it's just, like, saving up enough, putting a little part away. I mean, there's so many different ways now. Like, credit cards will put, like, 1% away. I mean, there's so many different ways to, like, kind of save money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, – I don't want to go too far into this, but it is something that uh, I'm interested in. But uh, is your mortgage, like, equal to or less than, like, what you would be paying for rent? Funny you ask. Today we actually just what is it like an hour ago we just refinanced our house, oh, which shit. basically means our, our our mortgage got lower. So like when we first got the place, our our interest was pretty high because you know we both have decent credit, but you know we don't we've never owned a home or anything like that. So you know the interest was really high. So now it got lower. So my point being, at first it was kind of high. It was like a couple hundred bucks more than rent. It okay. was like okay. we were paying like twelve. We were paying like twelve hundred dollars for rent at a place before, and then we ended up paying fifteen for our mortgage. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not bad at all in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, each. Yeah, yeah, each. So, so, so that definitely, yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. Like, obviously, yeah. if I didn't have Erica, you know what I mean, I wouldn't be able to yeah. buy a house by myself. <laughs> yeah, that that is tough, but that's cool. I mean, 
the way I think about it is like either you're paying rent and you're giving your money to somebody else or you're paying mortgage and you're paying off owning a piece of land or whatever. That's pretty dope. You got it exactly right. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And when you look at the paperwork today, I was like, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but our house will be paid off in 2050. I know that's like yeah. a, a <laughs> crazy number to think about. And maybe like by that point, we'll sell it. Who knows? But like, hopefully it yeah. could just, I mean, the, the the dream is to get another place and kind of move up to another place and rent this place out, you know, just yeah, like exactly. anybody can yeah. imagine. Hell yeah. And you get to put a ramp in there, which is even sicker. Have you uh, yeah. um, decided on, on wood or concrete? I'm going with concrete, man. I, I was <laughs> on the fence for so long. I, I had long, a but... feeling that from watching your video, I was like, I think he's going to go concrete. <laughs> yeah, and I just know how to do concrete better. And and everything with the house, I've kind of tried to be hands-on so I can learn, you know, like just like skateboarding, right? Like you, you kind of got to mess up and then you learn from it. So mm-hmm. I've been like trying to learn how to do different things around the house, even just like landscaping, just regular there was something you never think of that you have to do when you own a house. But same thing mm-hmm. with the concrete. I want to build. I want to build the ramp because I don't know. I think building it with wood would be fun. But for me, I feel like that's just like a bunch of a math equations where concrete is like a fun experience. And that's just my preference. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer skating concrete. Anyways, like I mean, we all grew up skating Shocker Spark, and like that's my like ideal. Like, if I could just take a ramp from Shocker's Park and, like, make a mini ramp out of it, like the doping or something, that would be, like, my dream backyard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think one side is going to be noping. I think one wall yeah. has to be noping. Yeah. There's some tricks that I can do on noping that I can't do on coping at all, like blunt of fakies. It's like, I don't know, the no coping just helps sometimes. And it's like a tailbox heaven. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, for those listening that don't know, Dowdy uh, runs currently. He's he runs his own YouTube channel where he's coming out with a video every week and it's very DIY oriented and building ramps and and uh, re even redecorating his garage and and like we said, building a ramp in his backyard and. Um, you you did a couple of videos on is skateboarding social distancing and and how to skate in a pandemic and stuff like that. Uh, have you been following your own guidelines or have you been going out skating at all with with homies or um, how has how has skating changed for you during this time? Man, I've been pretty strict to be honest. I, I haven't skated and it sucks because like. I want it so bad at this point because now it's like, I don't know, whatever. I forget, it doesn't matter what day we're in. It doesn't matter. You know, so stop, stop <laughs> counting at this point. But I, I, I want to keep going, but I guess I have pretty much stuck to what I, you know, originally said is, is like, I'm keeping my social distancing. Basically, I kind of have, I think of it as like a bubble, right? Kind of like it's a scenario a lot of people are thinking you have this like, it's kind of like messed up. You have this small bubble of people that you're kind of like opening, slowly opening up to. So right now it's just me and my fiance, but we slowly started opening up to more people. I started seeing my buddy, uh, Albernell, who I always skate with like two weeks ago. So now that's like the first person 
that I've skated with besides myself, pretty much. Like, I've just been skating <laughs> alone besides yeah. that. But, uh, again, like, I mean, I mean, it sucks, but when I see people, like, going crazy at the skate park and stuff, I'm just like, oh, I want, I don't want to be a part of that, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a little hectic. Yeah, um, I just I like- think it's crazy, man. Like, whether, whether or not, like, you believe it or you're like, you know, out there raising your sign, like, oh, but I want, you know, I want to get my ice cream again. It's it's just, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, you kind of just got to, like, like respect the fact that nobody really knows. We've had such a good time, like, for so long, like, you kind of just got to count your blood. You know what I mean? Like, if people just get yeah. too hyped and they're spiraling into the fear and, and wanting society to go back to normal, which I think it will. I'm just being more patient about it, I guess. Yeah. Rubes, were you going to say something? Um, well, yeah, I was just going to say, I really liked the the vid you had where you were skating at the, was it the Lakeside Park? When you were, like, filming lines, just, like, cruising through the bowl and, like, having, like, I thought that was a really good edit because it showed that you yeah. can, you know, have a social distance session, still be productive and keep those hands clean all at the same time, man, it's good. And people definitely need to see that right now to know that you can still go out as long as you're just, you know, being smart about it and playing by the rules. You could totally skate. You know what I mean? Like you can totally go out and skate and even hit a park. If it's the right park where there's nobody at, like, I, like that lakeside park, there's nobody there in the morning or I live right by Dallas park. For some reason, there's always people in the morning, so I can't go there, but. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I think you can still go skate. You just have to make extra effort to be aware of the situation. You know, that's all. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw in one of your videos, you went out to Julian and skated that little prefab park. Um, dude, that too, park is so, so fun. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've never ski- I didn't even know there was a park out there. That thing looks pretty fun. Yeah, you got to check it out when you go out there. It's it's really, it's a gem, you know? Another cool one you could do right now would be, like, Brago Springs. Oh, yeah, I've never been out there either. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, I I'm actually, sure you got a, a, a bunch up in Portland that, like, are kind of, like, hidden. Yeah, there's so many up here, and I, I've got, I've gone to one, like, a week ago and like every there was like a normal day at the skate park which is probably not ideal because there's a decent amount of people there but nothing no cops or anything and then i went to a different park like just the other day and got kicked out in like 10 minutes by like whatever security ranges that park and then um but but yeah it's it's pretty lenient up here but i have been uh for the most part going out to like more street spots and like slappy curbs and stuff like that. Um, skating by myself rather than trying to go to the skate park. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. I want to get on a session too. You know, I want like everything yeah. to get back, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hating it. It's also kind of like a good time to like learn, learn other things and fine tune some graphics. I'm trying to like the parking blocks and making parking blocks. I never did that before. Just, Trying new things. It seems like everyone's making more home DIY stuff too. Like I swear, seeing more skate DIY projects in the last like three yeah. months than ever. Did you see yeah. that bowl that Dominic was building in his yard? Yeah, looks like a bowl. He's like, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, 
looks so fun. You can do, like, if you have anything, you know, you can have, like, barely any space, and you can kind of make something work. Yeah. There's a lot of DIY spots up here in Portland, so I wonder if after all this, maybe there will be even more popping up. But yeah, I mean, I would, the corn, the corn life is tough, dude. But like, <laughs> I feel like it, it, it is what it is. Like, you, I don't know. I got, I FaceTime the homies sometimes to go when I go out skate and like see what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, you got to do. You definitely got to make an effort. Like, like I said, I work from home, and at first, like the first two weeks was kind of hard for me. I was like, man, like I feel like I'm just in this like Truman show, doing the same thing, or like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and then I, I, in the morning now, I'll just like wake up and literally just go drive around Mount Hillix or just do like some sort of drive for like 10 minutes and then kind of start working. Just do yeah, like, certain, I've been just trying to do certain things to like, you know, for, for the mental health, just to not get too caught up in the spiral and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to just like roll out of bed and like try and work in your pajamas and stuff, but it's not very motivating. Yeah. It's fun for a little bit. And then you're like, shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what, what day is it? What am I doing? <laughs> um, uh, going back on DIY a little bit, you, you make, you're making these tutorials and whatnot, but I've always, and you've been building DIY spots in San Diego since, you know, like, since you were a teenager and probably and like I always wondered like how you learned to do that like who taught you how to build a jersey barrier or whatever yeah that's a good question I think a lot of it was just watching like even just watching some of the the big sessions that happen at Washington Street you know I was very fortunate to see a lot of those quarters and sessions go down and see how they did a lot of stuff. So that was cool. But I don't think anybody was like, you know, too much of like a mentor or anything like that. It's more just me and friends just trying it and, and messing up really badly and <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning each time we did it. You know, it wasn't, it took a long time. Like it's definitely the first time I remember trying to build a spot. I was like, Oh, screw this. This is like way too hard. And then, you know, just, I guess over the years, you kind of just, like, get better at it. I think in the last couple of years, i kind of just been like, you know what? I kind of want to, especially since moving and owning the house, I kind of want to just, like, build a bunch of spots that are nearby me so that I can just go skate a bunch of spots near the house. And that's, uh, that, that was, like, yeah. the big motivator. But I don't know. As far as, like, lear- learning how, I feel like there there wasn't too much of that information available besides just, like, even YouTubing regular construction questions like how did you concrete, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, because even in your videos, like you're talking about like quick create and like all this other kinds of supplies and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how to like use these things like that. How did you figure that out? So I guess, yeah, it's just like anything trial and error. Exactly. Like, like you use the wrong float. Like first time you get like the, you know, a flat finishing float and you try to do something and you and all of a sudden your whole spot's all rocky and you're like, what happened? And you go and you t- show someone it or something. That's kind of what it is too. Is like showing people pictures of the spot then telling me like, oh, this is what you did wrong. And then, you know, you try to do that right the next time. And Truman, to be honest, like if I could give any, anybody else any props, like 
Hans Truman like kind of built spots at a, at a really young age and just like barging it and like not really knowing he's doing either, but like somehow like would rid up <laughs> spots really well. So he, he definitely yeah. like sparked, sparked it as well. And like showed yeah. you like kind of different concrete that you can use. Yeah. I, uh, I remember a spot that you guys did out down by Old Town. I was like a Jersey barrier going and hunting that out and I was still, or even, I don't know if you helped build that snatch park down by, uh, the stadium, but that place was like a DIY haven for a long time too. Dude, that place was so sick. I didn't really build anything there. I mean, I got to help on some of the stuff, but really that was like this guy, Alex Mooney and Sochi and some other dudes, but those dudes did a lot of work. It sucked towards the end there, like poop. I don't know if you remember, but there was like a whole bowl that was framed out and ready to get poured right before they mm-hmm. tore it down. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, yeah. And then, dude, that Jersey Barrier spot is still there, man. It's crazy. I drive past <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't. I want to, like, take it out. But, I mean, not really. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like almost like a shame looking at it. Like, but that's just like anything, like watching a video part, maybe, like, from like a certain age or something, you're like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> yeah. Is there one spot that you built that you like personally put a lot of like sweat into that you're like the most proud of? No, I can't say there is right now. Like no. honestly, there. I I feel like eventually that'll be the backyard for sure, but. Right now, it's always just been, like, little spots, you know, kind of like that Jersey Barrier or other just, like, fun little, you know, quick hitter spots. But there's not been, like, something where it's, like, almost like a skate park or anything like that, you know? Yeah. 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 But hopefully, you, you know. Yeah. Have you built any new DIY spots during quarantine? Or have, have you had the chance to work on that when you're not uh, laying out everything for your ramp? Yeah, dude, the other, so I made those curves, and then the other day, I installed them on a ditch, so so that oh. you can do, like, lip slides and blunt slides and stuff on it, you know? Nice. That's good. Yeah, I don't know, like, how well it turned out, but I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's only, it's only, like, probably, like, six feet long. That's the only thing. It's not, like, super long, so slides and grinds are, are going to be, like, kind of quick. But mm-hmm. it would be cool because it's just, like, on top of that bank, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. It would be cool to be able to, like, lip slide on it and do certain tricks that you wouldn't be able to do before. Even, I think, just, uh, like, a bank to parking block is could be, like, the funnest spot in the world. Just uh, doing yeah. the stalls and stuff. Sounds fun. I like a good, good bank to curb or bank to wall. Those are, like, some of the uh-huh. fun spots that are just super simple. There's not much to it, but, like, you can just session them forever. Yeah. Um, that's rad. Did you, uh, Ruben, did you have uh, any other DIY questions? Um, I was going to, yeah, I mean, like, what's what's your favorite DIY obstacle to build? Like, if you had to pick one out, mm-hmm. of, out of the projects that you have assisted with. Yeah, probably Jersey Barriers for sure. I feel like mm-hmm. multiple Jersey Barriers. There's one in particular that, that I really like. I built with my buddy Ricky. Out yeah, Ricky. He, 
Yeah, Ricky Holderby. <laughs> he's the, he's the, the best, best dude. <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, we built one out in 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 Santee. It's gone now. Well, there's a different one there, but the one I'm talking about is gone now, and it was really cool because it was at like this dead end road, and you kind of had to push uphill. But we there's there's transition on both sides, so you can like forward slide and go into the other side. So yeah. that was pretty cool. That's you can like volley it stuff. So yeah, yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, so it's kind of like a spine. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a spine. And then, like, BK did this crazy thing because it had a hole in it. He added, like, a pull to the end, so he did board slide. And then there was, like, a pull that went to the ground, so he did board slide on the, on the jersey barrier, and then, like, board slide on the rail to the Whoa. ground. I think, like, board slide to feeble, maybe. I don't know. You know, he's a wizard. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> BK demo. Yeah, Always. That's epic. Yeah, Jersey Barriers, they kind of ha- already have that natural transition, right? So it's kind of like the, the like the go-to DIY spot, huh? And I feel, yeah, exactly. It's already, and it's so easy, you know? Like, you can just throw some concrete on there. Like, it doesn't, doesn't really matter how good you do it. It's going to work. And then <laughs> you can also kind of, like, pick, pick your level of how hard you want it. You know, there's so many different ways to build a jersey or, like, fix up a Jersey Barrier. Yeah, I think uh, if you find one that's, like, somehow a little tilted back is, like, the best. Yeah, um, it's got, like, the like, paint to it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty epic. Um, do you uh, do you um, think that, like, I guess you said you, you worked a little in uh, on a DIY during quarantine. Do you think, like, now's the time for people that – to go and do that or should we kind of stay mellow and and chill no yeah absolutely go build some spots i mean <laughs> now's, now's the time now's the time you know i think more, more than ever because i mean i think that's a pretty productive thing to do you're learning a trait you're, you're probably going to stick something up clean up a ditch i don't know or whatever your spot is you know street spot anything even if it's like you want to install a flat rail somewhere or a manual mm-hmm. pad somewhere or a ledge somewhere, you know, it's, I feel like that's a really cool thing to do right now because it's keeping your sanity. You're able to go skate and you're being productive and you're still kind of abiding by the current situation that's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like in your video, you had pointed out like somebody bonded like a sewer hole or something. And you're like, don't do stuff like this. Cause this is going to blow out the spot. Like, is there certain ways to like, to get like obviously a DIY might be taken out eventually but are there ways to kind of like guarantee it a little bit more life when you're out scoping spots yeah definitely I think like the first thing is like just finding the right spot to fix up you know making sure that the area is pretty chill if there's any neighbors like they're they're chill and kind of just scoping out the scene and sometimes you can even do a trial one like Sometimes, actually a lot of times, we'll just do like something small, nothing major, and just see if people mess with it. You know, if people take it out in the first like mm-hmm. week or so, you kind of know. So maybe you just use like one bag of concrete or one thing of lacquer or just rub it or once, whatever your, your DIY project is, and then kind of just wait, wait it out and see. And then that's a good way to test it. Besides that, it's just kind of got to almost have, have like a con- like a contractor's mindset in a way 
you know, just thinking yeah. like, okay, what does this city need here? What is, what is someone's, you know, if there's something that's abnormal at a spot that you're building at, you know, I got to think like, okay, is this abnormal thing for, for someone that maybe lives next door and they're going to come and be like, oh, what the hell happened to my weird abnormal thing that's pointless for me? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess it seems like common sense to me, but I think a lot of it is just, just thinking from the mindset of, like, you live there, and that's, like, kind of your house, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, be smart about it and stuff. But uh, uh, one last uh, thing on this topic is, to, so to me, I, I've never built my own spot, really, um, and and it seems kind of intimidating. And, uh, like what, what, like one piece of advice would you give to somebody like me who's like never like, like used concrete or, or really built their own spot? What, what's like the most solid piece that you wish you could go back and tell young Dowdy? Man, are you giving me the opportunity to plug my YouTube channel? <laughs> yeah, you, you can, dude. <laughs> I didn't know to have I just I guess I just did. Uh, no, but um, we'll go more in depth dang, that's that a, too. That that's a good question. To be honest, um, um, I think like one thing. Hmm, that's a good question. I would say just just start with like a rub brick and like simple stuff. Like don't go big right away. Just mm-hmm. go rub brick something that. Like, can you think can make a spot i know that sounds crazy but even that alone will kind of like make you realize how concrete works if that makes sense like how it shades away and like even like how the material of concrete is i know it sounds a little weird yeah. but i think that might give you like a little bit of, of perspective on on how it works so then when you go into actually like you're concreting something you know what i mean you, you might have a better idea that's good. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's, that's a really good question. How much? How much does like a, a rub brick cost? Is, are they pretty cheap? Or? Yeah, I think they're like thirteen bucks. Oh yeah, that's nothing. So twenty and bucks, like, you get a rub brick and some lacquer, and make a curb or ledge skatable. Exactly. You can make mm-hmm. any ditch skatable, a curb skatable, a ledge. You can make a ledge anywhere. You can make like a really, really good ledge. Like mm-hmm. with just a rubber brick and lacquer, you know, or yeah. even like a manual pad. Like, say if you don't have any good flat ground, you know, you if you have some shitty flat ground, you can literally just rub brick your flat ground and get it all smooth. <laughs> That'd be epic. Um, is there a, for for lacquer? It's like an enamel, and they they use it on like to like, or a lot of skateboarders use it on like tool coping and whatnot. Is there like any difference in, in that lacquer? Like, does the color make a difference or, like, the brand or anything? Um, not really. I mean, basically, there's there's clear enamel and there's lacquer. So there's there's a little bit of a difference, but it's pretty much oh, the what? same thing. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. So, so there's lacquer and enamel, but essentially it's just, like, a clear coat over concrete or a hard surface. So just, like, wood, you know, how you, like, Put that nice stain over it. That's like a mm-hmm. good way to imagine how lacquer works. It's kind of like if you had a fresh piece of wood and you put like a stain over it, and then that was like, you know, it's kind of final coat. Because the other thing is like, if a curb or something is super waxed up and you try to put lacquer on it, it's, 
really probably not going to do much of a difference <laughs> because because like the, the the wax is already like melted onto it, you know. So it's yeah. almost like like this clear coat, but yeah, I mean, I forget what your original question was. No, <laughs> kind of oh, just just like if the <laughs> if the brand made a difference or or what, like if oh, you no. got different color kinds or whatever. Yeah, I have gotten the color ones, and sometimes those are good too. I got like, I mean, you can experiment. Like the Rustolay, I think that's like Rustolum. That's like one of the brands, and it's they have this like double clear red enamel that's really good, especially if you want like you know the red curb aesthetic, or if you're going <laughs> over a red curb that already exists, you know. Yeah. Sweet man. But uh, yeah. you, you can do. I think you can do any any color, but. The clear, I do think the clear gives it a better, like, final coat. So, like, if you had white, you can probably do it, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the same as, like, a clear coat, because it's not gonna have that, like, kind of gloss to it, you know? Yeah. Weird, man. Well, that's all good advice, man. Maybe I'll have to go get myself a, a rug brick and some enamel and make some spots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go get. I gotta get a new one. I had a rub brick. I think it was Ivory's old rub brick, and it was coming in handy for a while. But I was actually trying to go make this one spot skatable in downtown, and I think that rub brick's a little, little rusty now. So I think I gotta go re up <laughs> and get one myself. <laughs> yeah, Rubes, have you uh, made any DIY spots? Uh, so I haven't made any entirely, but I did help. Uh, build some stuff at Hewitt in Copenhagen when I was out there, uh, two summers oh, really? ago. That was, that was epic, man. That was like, that was the first time I had ever really like mixed all the materials together with like all the sand and gravel and concrete. And then I actually got to, you know, lay all that once it was mixing with all the water and I got to put it and throw it up against the wall for the transition that was getting, uh, put up and I got to help smooth it out and just these like rainbow shapes with the trowel. So it was really cool to get to be able to mold it a little bit. I mean, obviously I didn't know exactly what I was doing and I was definitely just mixing and, and throwing the materials at the wall for the most part. But yeah, to see a lot of the hips and the new additions that they were putting in the, at the park, uh, since it was the Copenhagen open, I mean, that was, that was great, man. That was like, that was one of the funnest experiences ever. Definitely made me want to build more stuff after getting the chance to do that with people, especially because DIY, I think why I like it so much is that it brings people from all over the world, especially skaters who appreciate it. Like I'm looking over and I'm building with homies from Japan and from France and from all over the place. And that's just right. like what makes it so special, you know, it's like all these different people from all different parts of the world helping to build at this one place in time. It's just, it's, it's awesome, man. Dude, Hoi yeah. is the best place ever, or Copenhagen is the best place ever, but Hoi yeah. Bowl is seriously the best bowl ever. I, I love that place. It's amazing. I still think yeah. you got to be a part of that process. Yeah, it was fun, dude. I was building with, uh, with, uh, Parky and Trevor and then, um, and then Peterson was with us too, which was super rad. And yeah, man. And then, uh, Squid. Squid was with us too. Yeah, that's definitely epic. Looks like a good time. Have you built any spots uh, international 
internationally, Daddy? No, I haven't. Oh, well, that's the next step, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I I do want to go into what you're currently doing with your YouTube channel, but we can't not talk about typical culture because that's such a big thing. Uh, I felt like in the San Diego community that like brought people together and got people stoked. And that was your zine that you did for about 10 years. Will you uh, give us a, a little bit of history behind that? Yeah. I mean, pretty much it, it was like, I mean, it's, it still holds a close place to my heart. Basically it's just, you know, like you said, it was more a skate zine and it kind of just trying to like, pump up the San Diego or hype up San Diego skateboarding, San Diego community, you know, because at the time there was like, when we first started there, to kind of sum it up, there, you know, print was going off and there wasn't too many websites and stuff. And then there just wasn't too many ways that like local photographers or skaters or just creatives can like get content out at that time. You know, like there wasn't, you know, social media where there wasn't what it was. So yeah, that's kind of like why we started it, just kind of like so everyone had a place to kind of put their put their stuff, you know. And then, uh, yeah, we did it for a long time. I still think like eventually one day we'll we'll do another zine and stuff. But yeah, eventually it came to a point where like everyone that was a part of it, you know, obviously kind of you know aged over ten years, got families and moved to different places of the world. And uh doing it alone, mm-hmm. I was just like, after a while, I was just like, man, this isn't, it didn't feel the same. And I also just felt like I didn't want to just do it to keep doing it. If that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just to do it because it existed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's rad, man. And uh not to like, um to like suck up to you too much, but it's like, civil culture was a huge inspiration to me. For sure, because like at that time, I remember finding out about it when I was in high school, and I was like, "That's so sick!" Like I not, you know, when you're young, you think things are like bigger than they are. So like I was like, "Oh, this is like a magazine, and it's from San Diego. That's awesome!" Like, and I remember like sending you articles and stuff. Like, "Oh, I want to," because my goal was to always work for a magazine. And uh, yeah, I, I just remember like being so hyped on it and then realizing years later that like oh damn that was like just dowdy by himself like no wonder but <laughs> but uh yeah, but, yeah well, man, you definitely inspire what we do at, at shieldless nag for sure that means a lot man i appreciate that yeah man paved the way literally with spots and with typical culture man it's awesome yeah i would say yeah. you and you and network definitely are like where we stem a lot of our inspiration from. And yeah, rest in peace, shock. Network was, was the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's so many good times. I mean, I, I would say if there's like, not to be an old man, I mean, I'm only 37, <laughs> but I guess if there's like the, the best era of my life, I feel like for sure it'll be that time. You know, it's just, it's cool because we got to rally up so many, we had so many cool parties and stuff and it was just like a good time because I think during that time, it was like everyone wanted it, kind of like a reason to get together. And like you mm-hmm. said, like people did think it was bigger than it was. Like people thought I was like an old man if they didn't know who I was. Like <laughs> there's certain people I'd meet later. I think it was like Andrew Burenau or like someone I met later that was like, dude, I, I thought uh, a couple people said it, but they were like, I thought you were like some old guy, like Phelps or something. I was just running this magazine. <laughs> 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 
But yeah, yeah. Man, such such good times. And so, thank you so much for saying that. It was good times. I mean, that was the whole point, just to like inspire other people to to, to kind of do their thing as well. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I always I always read like every word in every magazine, and like that was my goal to like work at a skate magazine. And like, uh, you know, with being from San Diego, there's like trans world and whatnot. But then, um, yeah, I I think that just in college, I kind of like lost that. And then I, re, you know, last year it was like, you know, let's just start our own magazine. People, I mean, people have zines all over the world and, and they've been doing it for a long time. And we don't really make like print yet, but it's just like a collection of articles in a place that was on the internet and gets people hyped. and maybe give people some shine that wouldn't get into like thrasher or trans world or something like that. Now, I feel like now more than ever, like it needs to be more of that, like Instagram mm -hmm. and certain things are kind of mundane, like a zine or, or like an outlet, like Shieldless or somewhere where people can like kind of be a part of the community is, is much more better than just like flipping through a bunch of stuff you don't care about. You know? Yeah. 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 And like, a lot of zines out right now, or, or maybe not zines, but like like online mags, um, you see on I, that I find on Instagram, and no, nothing to knock them, but like a lot of what they're doing is just like finding cool skate clips from other accounts and like reposting them to their account. Oh, I and hate like, that. Yeah. yeah, that's not really yeah. what I think the spirit should be behind like you gotta it's just straight cloud it, it's just straight cloud yeah. jumping it's just that's all they're doing uh -huh. yeah yeah like i'll repost people's videos to our stories and stuff but like i really want to try and create content and like and like keep people because you posted an interview with some dude who's like really good but maybe not going to be in thrasher and then like he reposted and his homies get hyped and then you do something with one of them and then they get hyped and it just builds up on top of that. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think you guys and like, I mean, there's a, you're, you're right. There is a bunch of zines, but I don't think there's, there's tons that are like low card definitely holds it down. There's a few mags that are left, but like, man, the skateboard, I mean, print world is definitely dwindling down. So yeah, eventually when you guys do a print mag, I think, I think it will be so sick. And we with civil culture we did the same thing like it was just a website and that was it we just made videos website web articles for the first like two years before we made anything print. Oh word, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, because yeah. that's the first thing people like when you call your thing a, a magazine. That's what everybody asks is like, do you do print? <laughs> and it's like, are you gonna buy one? Like, yeah. <laughs> the answer is probably no. <laughs> So yeah, no, more help us pay for the cost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, you know, people like they they think it's cool until until they have to pay for it. But I, it is something that I'm starting to consider. And originally, we thought it'd be a lot cooler to do like a little more of a production and do like a book or something like Jankum does, like once a year. Um, or maybe just like a thicker zine with like articles that we've already posted online. I'm I'm not really sure how we want to do it, but sometime in the future. I know. If you can figure out how to make print survive, you, you will be the genius. <laughs> of the remember, on, <laughs> remember Automatic Mag? They, and they, were, they did like free and they were still on like nice paper and like stuff like that. Um, that stuff. 
that was cool. Yeah. Especially yeah. for me as Pretty a kid with no money. <laughs> right. Yeah, they would always be in the skate shops, and the, and, and Automatic was cool because it was local too. So you'd be like, mm-hmm. you know, Adrian Mallory be on a cover or someone sick like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ruben, did you have any questions about this topic? Oh well, I was gonna get into just the artwork and the graphics for typical culture. Like, if you wanted to talk about some of the stories behind those and like how that came about, like I know. Like, I'm biased. I mean, my favorite one that was ever made was the car bar tea. That was, like, that was just a great, that was a great tea, and there's, like, a pretty good story behind it. But I was just curious to, like, see what, what your favorites were or how those came about. I mean, car bar has to be up there, too, for, for, for me as well. I think the ultimate favorite is probably just, like, the, the DIY or die. It's just, like, this vulture that Scooter drew. But I mean, as far as all the typical art, culture artwork, most of it was done by Scooter. I mean, otherwise it was like Asa or something else like that. So, so definitely a major, uh, major shout out to Connor Gitzlaff. He's an amazing tattoo artist now. It's kind of cool. I like, I feel like he, he sort of, like we all sort of started our little crafts with typical culture and then sort of, it sort of helped us become, you know, find our careers in a, in a weird way. You know, yeah. he's a tattoo <laughs> artist now. You know, yeah. Super rad. Yeah, we had a but, um, yeah. on this show too. As far as like stories, you know, um, geez, there's so many good ones. Basically, like I feel like I was saying before, we had so many events and parties for typical culture. So I feel like each time something wild would happen. Like someone would, I don't know, like drop in from the roof into the pool or whatever it was. You know, <laughs> and, like, that would some story would be created and, and like. We just be like, all right, like that has to be a t-shirt somehow or, or something like that. You know? <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, a lot, a lot of it is just drawn from like old, uh, I guess like a lot of inspiration that me and Connor would come up with is just like old, you know, like a uh, skate, skate Vato, suicide tendency style artwork, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh What, um, that's rad. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> if what, uh, at the, cause I think it was last year that you kind of like the final video premiere and sort of, um, laying the zine to rest for, for a while. What, um, what did, did the mag just like run its course and it, and that was the time for you. And like you said, you, you're like your friends kind of grew up and you're kind of doing it yourself. Was that like the main reason for kind of, laying it down um yeah i think me not even so much that i was doing it myself and it was all me i just felt like you like you i guess like you originally said it kind of ran its course almost and i just felt like a lot of me me personally i was in like a weird spot where i was like confused on what to do with it so i was like i don't know like do i try to like really make this uh something legit actually like make some kind of profit from it or do I just let it run its course and then like kind of let it suck me away from like the things I need to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like I said, buying, you know, buying a house and things like that obviously comes with a lot of time dedicated to other things that, that, you know, can't just be doing your hobbies, I guess more. So yeah, it sucks, but that's, that's just the reality of it. So I think it kind of just boiled down to me not knowing really where it should go. So I was just like, all right, let's just, let's 
set it down and let it rest because I don't want to like keep running it and make it look like really bad because I think it was cool for its time you know it's yeah. almost like you kind of gotta let it like let it go out in the fire versus like let it go out like slowly slowly you know yeah yeah it's funny uh around that time that that it was it was ending um is when i just started to do shieldless and it was it wasn't it had nothing to do with you stopping to do that but it was just timing for me and i wasn't doing anything and i was like why don't i put this time and energy into something bigger and uh I remember me and Ruben went to Route 44 to like film some stuff, and uh, I was talking to Brandon Perelson, and he was, I was like, oh yeah, me and Ruben, like, we're starting this little magazine. And he was like, you know, that's funny. You're like the third person to tell me they're starting a mag since Dowdy said he stopped doing typical culture. <laughs> and I was like, damn. That's hilarious. Like, yeah, Brandon Bird would say that, you know, he's like, you're just the biggest hater, no matter what you do. <laughs> in a, lo- in a yeah, loving way, but like, still, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, the, in the most loving way, he's like, oh, well, how can, you know. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I was like, damn, I didn't even think about, like, Daddy stopping to do that. I just thought that, like, I wanted something to do. But, yeah, but Brandon was like a big big help of typical culture like that's that's the other thing typical culture wouldn't be what it was without like brain or all the skaters that were a big part of it yeah you know? mm-hmm. how did you um uh so i guess the theme of this podcast is do it yourself because everything you do is diy i'm pretty sure but uh did, did you <laughs> teach yourself how to build the website and and film the videos and and edit them and do the layouts and everything, or did you have somebody to help you through that? Maybe just just myself, man, like YouTube, anything, whatever the question was. As far as, like, you're definitely right. Like, everything definitely learn learned from myself or just have buddies or people. I'm definitely lucky to have, like, a lot of cool, creative people around me that help me, you know. But um, mm-hmm. for the website thing, it started, like, it sounds crazy, but it started way back in the Facebook days. When you can have like top eights and stuff. I don't know if you guys even have yeah. Yeah. You can like customize your page and like do crazy backgrounds and stuff. So I kind of wanted to do a really cool page. So then, then I was like, oh, how do you do this? Like, what's HTML? What, what the hell is coding? Like, what's Photoshop? So that's kind of like yeah. where it sparked. And then I learned how to do that. And then it kind of sparked into typical culture. That was when. Eventually, like a couple years later, I started doing more website stuff. It's like, oh, now I have a reason. Like, I can make a website. I can make typical culture. You know, kind of was like the perfect storm, I guess, in a way. But um, yeah, I guess just like learned everything just just from googling it. You know, like whatever Google can can give you, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, I mean, obviously, it, it comes down to me just not having the funds to go to school or get get kind of the education I maybe wish I could get, but. At the same time, it almost worked in my favor because I think I learned better just by picking the things that I want to learn versus like just going through the motions of what we have to learn. For sure, yeah, that's um, kind of what I did too. But it was like part of the the fun of doing it was like learning how to do it. You know, like it was like exactly. uh, challenging yourself and like creating our website was like one of the hardest things. And I finally got it 
to a place where I was like, all right, this is decent. Like, I feel proud of like somebody comes across this website. Like, it's not totally garbage, but like it could be. You rolled away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you rolled yeah. away, man. It's like yeah. a baker maker <laughs> of a site, but uh, <laughs> that's what it is. Maybe put a hand down. It's like McKinney. Well, we would just always talk about it. it's like if you're a skateboarder, it's kind of you have that mentality. So like, if you want to make a website, if you want to make an app. You know, if you want to make a product, if you want to make some crazy brand, like if you really want to do that stuff, you can. If you if you apply that same like mentality, mm-hmm. yeah, and I I think at the same time too, I was trying to teach myself how to like work a camera. So I was like, all right, I got to need to learn about like ISO and aperture and shutter speeds and all this stuff, and like I need to learn it for videos and I need to learn it for photos, like. So that was like the funnest part about starting Shield List is like I was learning all this stuff. Um, yeah, and, and you're learning stuff that learn. you really want to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, there... yeah, you're right. But the learning never stops. You're just constantly <laughs> trying to like, you're like, yeah. all right, I figured out the basic camera settings, but now I need to figure out even more camera settings, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, skateboarders kind of in general are, have like an obsessive personality trait i think that's like very common amongst skateboarders like if we are interested in something like we get really interested in it and we like go full send and like need to know everything about it uh you know like that's why we have like photographers and artists and all these amazing skateboarders who like own businesses and all that it's true you should like this fascination about something you're like i have to figure it out or i have to do it <laughs> yeah and and we're nobody like nobody can tell us that we can't do it because we know that we can like it's been done before so just like a skate trick like oh somebody else did a kickflip correct that means it's possible for me to do a kickflip correct like i just have to learn it so it's kind yeah. of a mindset skateboarding is not easy either so it, it creates <laughs> like a good foundation you know it's like really hard to get semi-decent at skateboarding, I think, you know? So, so if you can do that, then, like, I think you're you're good. <laughs> um, so going kind of how uh, I asked for advice on the making DIY spots, um, so you had a oh, – oh, first, before we get to the advice, um, you had mentioned, like, possibly make – like, trying to um, – make money from the magazine did you ever make money from typical culture yeah definitely i mean we had ads and we made money like from some like online monetization nothing like crazy the print ads did like we definitely made more money when we started doing print because as odd as it sounds i think people were just more excited about the idea of print just mm-hmm. kind of like you said like people people are like oh you got a mag cool like let me see it Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I think like people also like seeing and supporting something local that you're putting effort into. So like if they see that you're putting the effort into getting that paid to get a print, then they're willing to pay a little bit of money to support that cause. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of like but, uh, small, small zines like that though, they're like, that make money. They like put it back into the zine. Was that always the case or was there a little bit more than that? No, yeah, it's pretty much always the case. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. I wish I could say there's actually like some profit, <laughs> but like, like the, the, the reality of it is it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I didn't see it a realistic the same business, but at the same time, it's a passion, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, obviously you just turn around, put that money into like getting t-shirts made or having some sort of event where you can have enough beers or whatever it is so that it's more just a fun experience for you, your buddies, and I don't know, your whole entire life because at the end of the day, like a business is rad, but building a community and a culture and having all those friends is something that like nobody can buy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being able to give back the skateboarding first and foremost, I mean, that's got to be the most rewarding part about it. Exactly. You're, you're, you're in like, you know, you're sparking other kids. Like who knows? There, there can be some other little Nick out there right now. It's like, what? Children It's the cycle. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, I didn't expect that you were really monetizing much off of it, but like, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the, the thought behind it of like, Oh, I'm going to make this magazine so I can sell ads and make money. And it's like, no, I'm doing this for my homies. And the money is like a, a side thing. Like if it happens, then that's cool. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a point where I wanted to, I definitely yeah. made goals and I was like, I took a lot more serious and I was like, all right, I want to see if I can actually like make a living off this and like see if I can pay my rent, you know, simple things like that. Uh-huh. Cause that would be nice. Cause then I can really spend more time on table culture and like really make it to what I wish I could have. But the reality is I just, I mean, maybe I couldn't do it. I think someone could do it, but I just, at the end of the day, I was just like, I can't do it. I'm running circles around my, myself right now. You know, you can be up for like 24 hours straight and still like, feel like you're just not getting enough done. And then you're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta put it to bed. But yeah. Um, I mean, going back to what you said, it, it, it doesn't have to be about that, but, if you do, I guess what I'm trying to say, if you do want to make some money making a super magazine and making community and stuff, there's nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so going back to um, what I was going to say, is um, anybody like like me and Ruben that are still kind of new to this uh, mag thing or like anybody out there thinking about starting a zine, like what advice would you have for us or them? Um, yeah, I would try to figure out how you can make like a continuing printed mag. I think that's really like what, what I know it sounds crazy, but it's like a make and break thing is like, how can you make a mag, you know, maybe three times a year and then like dedicate yourself to doing that. So like before you print your first one, you kind of have it in your mind. And, like, in a calendar, like, all right, there's going to be three this year. And you, like, have a budget and everything for that. And you set it aside. And you commit to it, you know. Because I think unless you commit to, like, a full year of, of, of like, print or something like that, you're not really going to see if you can, like, do it. So I think that, that's, like, pretty important. But I also think just, like, um, kind of like the same as, like, skate spots. You almost want to make, like, a test, a lot of test versions before you just make one and, like, send it out to the public. Um, that's, that's something that I definitely like wish I did because I feel like after like third zine, I was like, Oh, now I finally got it right. And it, and it makes sense now, you know? So I think like that would definitely be helpful. It's almost like make a few like full blown, like test editions 
because um, I think like once things actually get to print from like a computer or Xerox or however you do it, they never end up how you actually think. But uh, it's again, it's like a learning process. By like the four times, we'll be like, oh, those those are all the things I have to like remember as I'm building it. Mm-hmm. See, um, oh shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, that's that's right, though. Yeah, good, good, good advice there. Oh, uh, oh, I remember now. Um, do you think it's like tough right now? Because this is one thing that I've kind of encountered, like finding like no nobody wants to hang on to anything anymore it's always just like oh i took a photo i'm gonna post it on instagram does you ever come across that problem of like trying to find enough photos to put in your zine that oh, that's definitely out big, there? yeah i mean that's definitely a big part of, of, of why i think typical culture kind of got like hard to sustain as well you know mm-hmm. content is just digestible. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, that's just how it is now. I think unless, I think unless you and like Ruben and like three other dudes take photos and just say, hey, we're going to commit this to like print or whatever, then it's, it's going to be really hard for people because that's just how people, I mean, that's not how people are. This is how society operates. You know, it's like, like some kid doesn't want to hold on to his tip because he's like, well, someone else is going to do it. And the photographer doesn't want to hold on to it because he's like, well, shoot, like, I want people to see this. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's constantly a uh, double-edged, double-edged side sword. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's, it, it's not worth fighting that. You almost have to, like, set up some sort of infrastructure where it's like, okay, like, these dudes, you know, are, are willing to take photos for us, and we're going to come up with some articles, and then we're going to shoot them, which, which I think makes it really hard to have, like, you know, like how Thrasher and Transom used to be where they were just, like, 30 pages of just random photos of sick skating. I mm-hmm. think that's just like really hard to sustain. So, so I think you almost yeah. have to like, I mean, maybe have a few pages of just those cool random photos that you get, that, you know, you guys get on the session, but I almost feel like it has to be like, just like certain people have to be committed to, to doing it with you almost. I think that's just sure, the sure. best way of how it works. And then you don't have that. Cause I mean, I, I was, I'm still working for low card, but I was working for low card quite a bit for a while. And like, that's, that's like one of the big struggle, like every, I feel like every magazine has, you know, being kind of yeah. like under the hood there, seeing that like people just want their stuff out, especially if it's print, because, you know, there's production time, there's layout time, there's time to get all the other material. So it's definitely a hard relationship to, to have with like sometimes the skaters and photographers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. I try not to be too picky. Like, if if it's been posted on Instagram, like it's not a big deal because you know everything gets forgotten about in like a couple weeks. <laughs> but uh, Dude, that's, did, that's the other thing too. Yeah, <laughs> if I do put out a zine, I want it to be like fresh photos, and like I can't afford to pay photographers to like not post photos on their Instagram, you know. So it's like, no. yeah, like you said, like you got to have some close homies who are just dedicated to it because exactly like, yeah if you're gonna let you me don't use need, something like, for free it's not on yeah. yeah you don't need like you know a tiba photos in there like yeah. that'd be sick <laughs> but like you know what i mean like maybe one day rhino drops a photo and you're like hell yeah but like even if like ruben and you take photos of you know locals and stuff like that i feel like that's like 
Mm-hmm. I mean, me personally too, I almost want to like look at stuff like that too. Cause it, it means it kind of like has more of a nostalgic, it sounds corny, but like a value, especially since it's in a zine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of cool. And, and then after the zine comes out, you post a photo to Instagram and like, Oh, this is from the latest issue of typical culture or whatever. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Then people might want to go check it out. I mean, I dealt with this exact thing the other day, and my buddy has this has this photo in New York, and it's a really sick photo, and, and then he's like, well, I want to get in a low card, and then are they getting back to you or what? And I was like, man, it's been like two days. Like, <laughs> just post them, just, you know, like, just, just post the photo. It's all good. Like, and then if it gets, then maybe we'll put it in the print. If it doesn't get printed, it's all good. Like, you know, it's just kind of how content is now. It's almost like you you can't put too many hopes on it and just like take what you can get and hopefully like like you said like people forget about things so running a photo in the print after it's been on instagram i think it's completely fine mm-hmm. yeah especially if you want photo like let that photo have some life you know give it some more shelf life like i've seen yeah, yeah. Graham britain photos like a million times and i'll never get sick of them you know <laughs> yeah um shout out i do want to give a shout out to eduardo sanchez because he's a huge help to us and our ad photographer and he takes yeah. dope photos yeah he's yeah. super sick i'm a big fan yeah he helps us out a bunch ed is a man um, uh Reeves, did you have something you were gonna say uh well yeah i mean we were just talking about you know transitioning out of typical culture and then starting your own YouTube channel, was that right around the same time that you decided to get into that or what kind of sparked you starting that independent channel? Yeah. Um, well, I started it, I think, I think I started, or I started beginning this year. So it was, I gave myself like a year gap almost exactly. Because <laughs> oh. the end of civil culture was like, yeah, um, January 2019. So January 2020 is when I started like the, the YouTube channel. And yeah, I think like the, the motivation to it was just that, I, like I said before, I learned everything on YouTube. Like literally in my, you know, career, skate, a lot of like concrete stuff, skateboarding stuff. I mean, how to make a website, the zine. So I almost felt like it was a good way to give, I don't know, it sounds corny, but like a good way to give back to YouTube or, I don't know, to get on a platform that, like, I've been, I've been taking so much from, almost, I've been robbing them. (laughs) I might as well try to, like, start, like, contributing to this. And and, and the other thing is, like, and it sounds corny, but I almost was like, man, these, like, there's certain personalities that I really follow on YouTube and, I watch them more than I watch like TV shows, to be honest. Like, I'm not much of a TV watcher, but like YouTubers, I, I actually like because there's like certain people I can pick. Like, I like their personalities, like, especially a lot of photographers and videographers. So I think after like so much times of watching that and then after realizing like, you know, I've learned everything from this, I was just like, well, now I have the time to, to do something and to do something without any pressure or any expectations of anyone else. Which is like such a, I guess, liberating feeling. So mm-hmm. I guess that was the, kind of like the motivation to, to starting it. 
I hope that's what your original question was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of you answered this question. Um, did you ever like? Did you ever think that? Um, I guess I don't know if you you would call what you do vlogging, but do you ever think that this is what you would be doing like right now, or is it like no. kind of just like you recently like a recent idea? Yeah, it's definitely a recent idea. I mean, I feel like super corny still doing it to be completely like, <laughs> like, like, like talking into a camera by myself is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is weird. But like, I, 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 like, especially the first few, like I said, I've only been doing it since we give a year. So like, I still feel like so weird. Like, I would not do it if like there's other people around that I knew. I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know, like, I'm gonna look so whack. But like, so I guess. I still have my, you know, a little bit of insecurities about it, but as as I'm going through the process of it, um, yeah, I'm starting to realize, like, I, I guess some of me realizes that this is kind of what I wanted to do almost, but just didn't think about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess I just, just, just didn't think about it in a way of, like, this is how this works and kind of, like, I mean, you almost have to understand how, like, the YouTube, YouTube, like, content works and then... When you understand it, I guess as it started like digesting it more, I was like, you know, I like this so much better than like anything else that's out there. So yeah, I definitely never thought I would be doing it though. It seems like, I mean, if you told myself like to watch my videos even like eight months ago, I'm like, damn, that's super embarrassing or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could, if you like brought a video from from this year to like Dowdy 10 years ago and showed it to him, he'd be like, what the oh, fuck? no. <laughs> yeah. Like, Stop filming yourself. What are you, why are you talking to? Uh, but also, yeah. But now I, I, really I, I realize there's, there's people there. Like, is the fact that like, I mean, I guess I kind of just tried it. It's more of like a trial and error, like anything, like, like the zine, you know, I tried to make a couple of videos. And a couple of people responded like, oh, this is cool and it's helpful or, or any, anybody kind of like responding that they're like stoked on it was like, I guess something that I was like, okay, sick. Maybe people do want like information on this. And yeah, yeah so it's, it's definitely something to answer your question that I definitely didn't think I was going to be doing, but kind of going back to your other question of like, how did you figure that stuff out? There was no way to really figure it out. So hopefully like that could be somewhat of a resource, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You can help a whole new generation of DIYers. But um, yeah, I was gonna ask you about talking to the camera because that always seems like a funny thing. Or I mean, even for the, this podcast, like I record the intros by myself, and it's so weird to me, like talking into a microphone by myself. Like, it, and it takes me like twenty tries every time, no matter what. I'm, I don't, can only imagine filming yourself and talking must be weird to get used to, at least. It's very weird. Like, one of the first things, or one of my hacks, is I don't have a flip screen on my camera, so I can't see myself when I'm filming myself. Like, <laughs> how do you know you're in focus? Yeah. I wing it, brother. Like, put that shit on auto <laughs> and just record. <laughs> no, but, but, yeah, I think that, like... Uh, it's corny, but I guess that's like a personal thing that I do. I don't, I don't really like watch myself because I also feel like I could be more in the moment and be more authentic and, and more genuine. So then I don't feel like that 
that barrier that kind of like you and I are talking about, you know, like, because mm-hmm. you know what you want to say and, you're, and you want to get it out, but it's like, as soon as you go turn the red light on, it's just like, it's like your homie and trying to film you when you're trying to ski trip. It's like, I was so close. Right. And now that you're filming, it's so much harder because like, uh, there's that, that, that mental barrier is really what it is. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think like kind of going down that is just like it, it's really, it's so weird for me, like filming myself, but it's actually like helping just like my confidence in general. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you, you're like, you can kind of, it's just like skating. You break down the barrier of like, oh, this is so awkward. Like I'm talking to myself, but as you do it, you find different like techniques. And, and then I guess for myself, I try to think like every time I'll even stop recording sometimes to just think like, okay, like, you're not just recording yourself right now. You're talking to someone and someone's like literally spending time watching your video, like taking time out of their day to watch your video to like speak with a purpose. Don't st- stutter and try to like provide some value. I guess like just slowing yourself down and thinking all those things help you break down that barrier of like the awkwardness, you know? Oh, that's smart. That's some good advice. I think you do a good job of it. I kind of went down a rabbit hole of your videos yesterday. And I don't know if it's because, like, I kind of know you or what, but I was like, oh, this is, like, Daddy's killing it. He's doing great. And we we talked, we had Kano on the podcast, like, a few weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, Daddy made a video about how to edit photos and, like, got me hyped to, like, go edit some videos and whatnot. <laughs> that's sick. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's literally the whole point. So, if it, I mean, if you hire anyone like that, I'm, I'm so hyped. <laughs> Um, did you, um, how did you go about like growing? I mean, you have a couple thousand followers on, on YouTube, which isn't a ton, but it's enough to like monetize your page and like for only starting it like this year, it's pretty good. How did you go about like growing your, your following? Um, man, this is going to sound cheesy, but I really did, did like a lot of research and like, just try to figure out, you know, ways um, that kind of like the same advice that you always hear of on YouTube on how to grow a YouTube channel, like um, be authentic, do, you know, do your own genuine thing, like, like be consistent, this and that. And like, I guess listening to all the advice and then um, really trying to, to dedicate myself and plan things. That's, I think what's helping so far, I mean, honestly, it hasn't started doing good until like maybe like four or five weeks ago. I think it started like getting some momentum. So it's it's pretty cool to kind of like, yeah, I think like, I mean, it only had like a thousand followers, like like maybe a a little over a month ago. So it's got like a thousand subscribers or whatever on the last month. But I... To like get, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it was just like doing a lot of homework, realizing like what it does take. I mean, for just the general blanket statement of how, you know, how to grow a YouTube channel. But, uh, besides that, it's also just kind of using what I've already had with civil culture and like the following there and everyone that, you know, somewhat wanted some content, I guess, maybe that I was going to make. So I think that also helped, you know, you know like, if I didn't have civil culture, it'd probably been a little bit harder because I wouldn't already have like people that know what I do. Yeah. Um, Ruben, are you still there? You got any questions on this? 
Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, um, cause Nick brought up just monetizing, uh, the page itself. Like, have you seen any progress as far as that's concerned? Or is that sort of a goal of yours as well to try and like, you know, make any profit off of the channel itself? Yeah, definitely. I have like goals. Like, I guess that's kind of the difference with the YouTube channel versus the zine too. It's like, I do have goals to make money from it and have like, benchmarks of where I want it to be and like eventually be able to make like some income from it where I could just do that. You know what I mean? That's definitely like a goal for me. Um, as far as like right now, I, I, I want to try to do it for like a year without really worrying too hard about it. But I definitely am more worried about the, I guess more so the engagement, you know, I want to get like the engagement really high and get like people really interested. And then I can, I know by that point, then I can just monetize and make it work. But I do have like, I guess set goals. It's not so much like revenue value, but more so like performance value, if that makes sense. And I think that that'll definitely help. I just got it to where I think you could monetize it like a couple of days ago, but nice. I don't know. I don't know. Right really want it to be like, yeah, I, I, I just don't want to be, like, distracting either. Like, I don't want you to be, like, in the middle of the video and be like, oh, ad, right when he's going to tell you what you need to use, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> kind of going back, yeah, kind of going back to, like, what you guys said, like, making a zine. Like, you're making it, There there is a greater cause. Like, yeah, I want to, you know, I'm going to be completely transparent. I do want to make revenue from it. And, like, if I can make a living off just doing that, hell, yeah, I'd be stoked. But at the same time, there's, like, you know, there's definitely some, like, morality in it, like, certain things that I'm definitely not willing to do, and I want to stay true to just making content that people can actually, like, take and take value from, and it's not just, like, some, some me telling you to buy some product that you shouldn't buy, like, I don't want to turn into, like, anything weird like that, or, like, ads popping up when you're trying to, like, watch the video that just don't make any sense, so I definitely want right. it to just make sense, but, uh kind of, you know, do it the right way, I guess. That's rad. Are you doing, um, like, the the graphics for your videos, too, that you see at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. That's Although, the, like, After Effects stuff. After Effects. Yeah, I need to learn how to do that. That looks really good. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. And, like, you can get a lot of templates and stuff, too, just, like, you know, Photoshop or InDesign or kind of any Adobe program, but there's like a lot of templates and kind of things to get you up and started so you can figure out how to use that stuff. Does your, uh, and where do you find like the music to use in your videos? Because that's a huge difficulty. Sure. It is such a, is, I don't know. It is such a struggle. I had one band that reached out and um, it's called No Fever. So it's so a huge shout out to them. They gave me like the rights to use their music, so I've been using their music. Besides that, I have a like the subscription to this company, or yeah, it's called Musicbed. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it's called, or, or Epidemic Music. But man, like all their music pretty much sucks. It's just like YouTube <laughs> style music. It, it's not yeah. like it's a not lot music of I want to use. Free music is not good. Yeah, like there's some good stuff, but like the the really good ones are like songs that you hear like every YouTuber using. Sure, well, I can't use that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, to answer your question, it's a struggle. I think I need to, I need to work on that. I need to find a solution for that. I think 
just sourcing like local musicians and local bands would, would be the kind of mm-hmm. best route to go because then it'd be like full circle because you can like kind of promote them as well. Yeah, that's what we try to do too. Like we have a pretty good like handful of bands that have given us permission to use their music, but um, but it's not always like right for what we're doing or like if my video has a lot of talking, like I can't use a song with like a ton of lyrics. So it's kind of hard to like puzzle, puzzle it together sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's a struggle. I think, I think everyone struggles with it. You could definitely find some, some good stuff on YouTube, but yeah. yeah, editing to that is hard. Luckily, a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately, it sounds corny again, but it is a lot of like dialogue. So I can almost have like, semi shitty music and just turn it down really low and it's not horrible <laughs> yeah well if any musicians are listening to this send Shieldless and send Dowdy your music if you want us to use it if it's any good yeah. we might <laughs> seriously yeah because even like for like when I do the podcast like the intro and the outro I've been putting songs there and I'm like running out and I'm like, right, I guess I'm just going to have to start reusing stuff. I wish, like, I was musically talented in any way, shape, or form that I could, like, make my own stuff. But just, I don't know. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's, that's, that's like, the one thing that's, doing. like, too hard to do, like, on your own. Like, learn, if you, like, you, there's a lot of stuff you can learn, but if you learn how to play an instrument on your own, like, man, good, good to you, props, because... <laughs> Keep, keeping a beat tough. is hard. Yeah, dude. It's tough. <laughs> oh, man. That is cool, I have seen people that, um, you know, they, they've done full-blown, like, mini-docs where they'll shoot, film, edit, do all the audio and music and everything. And, yeah, it blows my mind how they can do every single thing like that. Swiss yeah. Army Knife. <laughs> oh, you had mentioned in one of your videos or yeah somewhere that you were working on a mini doc can you talk about that at all oh yeah it should be i mean i've been like banging my head against the wall i'm actually looking at the editing monitor right now <laughs> um basically it's a little mini doc on my buddy xander from scotland i'm not sure if you guys have met him he's in san diego maybe um, i don't know yeah yeah, so he moved here from Scotland, and I met him out in Copenhagen, like, uh, let's say, like, eight or nine years ago, and that was, like, uh, first time meeting him, and then he kind of flew up, came out here to visit me, and then ended up moving out here, and now he lives here, so I kind of just made it, like, a really short documentary, it's literally three minutes, and uh, it's all filmed on an iPhone, so that's kind oh. of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, stripped out the gear, you know, no fancy stuff. You just have to film it on that. So the other thing is it's for a uh, film festival. Oh, like cool. I'm submitting it to this, like, film festival thing. Yeah. I mean, considering everything that's going on, I'm sure it'll turn into, like, a digital film festival. Um, mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it's just like my his buddy story. Andrew. Yeah, he's a, he's a videographer, skateboarder from Scotland, super rad dude. He moved out here to just kind of pursue his dream of being a skateboarder and a filmer and just kind of, you know, being in the skateboarding industry and just living in California, I guess. 
So just like a quick little documentary on that and uh, his life as well as, you know, his, his now wife um, is in it as well. Sweet. Can't wait to see yeah. that, man. Yeah, man. That's that's, that's going to be epic. I'm excited. Is that your first venture kind of in the that type of media? Yeah, it is, man. It is. I'm, I'm hyped because it, I try to keep it like really basic, but I've been wanting to do stuff like this for like a really long time. I've just been like, I don't know, nervous or just didn't know how to start it or where to start. And just like anything, you know, you, mm-hmm. you kind of like got to wrap your mind around it. Sometimes it takes longer than other times. So finally, finally did something like that. Yeah. But I've been wanting to do kind of like mini doc series on like, I don't know, I guess my friends, cause I feel like they're, they're, they're so cool and interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, one thing I, I realized when I was doing our videos for Shield List, like we have this series, like skaters doing things where we did one with like Squeegee Prince and Shriek and, and Scooter and a bunch of people. And like, it's kind of like mini doc style. It's like an interview and stuff. I'm not like going back into the past and like getting photos and stuff, but, um, I, I just realized that I have absorbed a lot more from watching videos like that than, than I would think that I did. Like I knew like how to cut it and like stuff like that because I watch so much content like that. So sometimes yeah, it comes I mean, out when you're not expecting it. Totally. Cause like you said, you di- you're digesting content. So you almost have like, a little bit of that knowledge of like how it should be, you know, at least set yeah. up and laid out. Yeah, exactly. That's really, yeah, it's really yeah. hard though, man. Like the challenge of putting, um, someone's life story into three minutes is nearly impossible. So yeah, that's like, Is that, is there a time limit to the festival or something? Or yeah. It, so it has to be yeah, under three minutes. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah three minutes is not a long time. Wow. Yeah, it's a challenge, but that's what kind of makes it fun too. At the same time, because it's like, all right, you have all these. I mean, it's just it's kind of nice to have freedom and have no boundaries and do whatever you want. But sometimes, like when you're put into these situations, it, it kind of like really tests your ability to be creative and 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 almost oh, you yeah. learn more. Like I'm I'm learning more. Like I'm like really dying. Like I guess not dialing, but like looking into every single piece of dialogue, you know, like any little, uh, or anything yeah. that <laughs> could potentially take up any possible space, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, then the other thing is you have to have like, pauses. yeah. It, well, and then the other thing is you have to have pauses. So that's, that's the part I'm like, I get twisted on. Cause if you don't have pauses, nobody has time to digest what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just <laughs> talking at someone. You're not, you're not letting them listen to a story. You're just talking at them. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like a hard balance. You have to have these breaks. If it's three minutes, so the breaks can be tight, but you also want to say enough. You know, it's, it's very, mm-hmm. it's very challenging. It's kind of funny you mention that because I feel like a lot of YouTubers like edit out like every pause between each word they say or something and it sounds insane. He's like, how is YouTube yeah. talking so fast? And you're like, oh, they took out like every space between like every sentence and shit. <laughs> it's inhuman. You, they sound like a robot when, when you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's rad, man. Yeah, I can't, can't wait to see that. 
Is it, um, how do you continue? Cause your goal is to come out with a video every week, right? For your YouTube channel. Exactly. Yeah. So how does your, how do you come up with content? Like, uh, yeah. How are you sparked? What, what gets you sparked on a new idea to that? that you could potentially do or do you have a whole list already written down? I mean, it's the shower, dude. I get in the shower. (laughs) 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 Uh, I just have like a, so I I create a list of like this thing called Airtable and essentially it's just like a website that keeps, it's like an organizer, you know, essentially you can can write your dates and times and sort of like rough draft timelines on there. You can even like storyboard and things like that. So normally when I come up with the idea, I'll just like jot it on Airtable. So I think I have like 30 ideas on there right now. Um, but they, they change a lot. Cause like, I also want, I don't want to like just do what, I mean, it sounds crazy, but just my ideas. I want to do what people are actually like enjoying. Cause mm-hmm. I noticed like I made some certain videos and like, they don't do as good. And I'm like, all right, well, people probably just don't care too much for that kind of shit. So I should probably do some more of this other stuff. So. I might look yeah. at the content ideas that I had and, and maybe scrap some or come up with some new ones based off like what people like, you know? Yeah. Like a, like a DIY how to might be more popular than like a trick tip how to or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously that's kind of like the, the, my, my sort of, you know, area of my sort of lane, I guess you would say right now is like DIY mm-hmm. stuff. So. I'm trying to like stick to that, but at the same time, you know, I, I definitely don't want to get like too submerged and like only doing DIY stuff. So I've yeah. worked on a, like even like sometimes I guess they're trying to, I guess give some insight is like the other day I was just thinking about this thing. Um, that was kind of in my head and, and I don't know why I was thinking about it, but skateboarder, skateboarding doesn't always involve skateboarding mm-hmm. and. I mean, I can't remember. I think it's like, is that Jay Adams or, or Tony Alvarez? I think it's kind of some OG. I forget who it is, but skateboarding uh, doesn't always involve skateboarding. And for some reason, I had thought about that for like all day. Like I was at work and whatever. Throughout the day, I was just thinking about it. I was like, it's so true, man. Like that really is bringing <laughs> home with me right now. So like something simple as that can spark an idea. So. So like what that sparked is like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go on a hike with, uh, with Al that I mentioned earlier. We went on a hike out to some waterfalls. So I was like, man, like this is a perfect time to film a video about like skateboarding doesn't always involve skateboarding, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like sort of like you come up with an idea and then you also have maybe something else going on or something else that you could kind of like piece together. So I think it's coming up with the idea then like also utilizing the puzzle of like, how you can, you know, make it fun for yourself and entertaining. Cause I think the first couple of videos where I was just like, here's the idea. I'm going to make this idea and then post it. it. It just like, it didn't feel good to me and it didn't do good. So I kind of just like took a step back from that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like you might have an impulse to do something and then, and then it's like, Oh, that I probably should have thought about that one a little more. Yeah. And then it helps, like, I finally got it to a point where I'm ahead. So I'm, like, editing, you know, a video now that's, like, pretty much done for this week. And then so my my plan is to try to have, like, an edit done the week, like, the Monday, even though I'm posting on a Friday. 
So that was just like less stressful to come up with ideas and less stressful to like create content and like creating videos and creating content is more of like a fun process. It's not like I'm just making this because I need to like get it done by this time. Well, yeah, I still still want to make sure that I do get enough up and, and have like some consistency, you know? Yeah. I like that you said the shower is your place of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, what's your, where do your ideas come to you? Uh, yeah. Well, you, I guess just like on the can, you know, usually. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of bathroom thoughts out of you guys. <laughs> no, yeah, man, that's, know, like a, that's like a state of peaceness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Mine are like when I'm doing some sort of physical activity, I usually get sparked on an idea somehow. Like if I, I mean, like I haven't been to the gym since quarantine started, but like a lot of times when I'm at the gym, just like doing some mundane workout or like if, even if I'm out skating, like, yeah, I'll, I'll just get an idea and be like, oh, I have to remember that for later. But, yeah, I but like, I'm very impulsive. Like, yeah, same. I, I mean, I am, but then I'll, like, just write it down and then, like, try to come back to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even, like, sometimes I'll just text myself ideas, like, I don't know. I'll just be, it, it could be anything. You might be in the middle of a yeah. skate session and like do a random trick and be like, Oh, great idea. <laughs> I, what I do is I text Ruben and then I'll be like, Hey Ruben, I got this idea. And then the next day I'm like, Hey, you remember that idea? I did it. Like it's done. <laughs> I'm just like impulsive like that. I'm like, Hey, what do you think of this? And Ruben's just like, that sounds cool. And I'm like, I did it already. It's, it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like a it's a blessing and a curse. But I feel like like and my girlfriend says it too. She's like, "Why is there always such an urgency?" I'm like, "I feel like if I don't do it right away, that I'm not going to do it, or I'm going to change my mind, or something." And like sometimes it works out good, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And I'm like, "Yeah, I should have thought about that one a little bit more." Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a really good trait to have because you're just yeah. like. I, I have an idea. I want to commit to it. I want to do it. You get it done. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think having a project, like having Shieldless Mag, or probably for you too, like having a YouTube or, or running civil culture is like, it, it teaches you that everything just starts, like, like so many people talk about doing stuff, but to like act on doing it is such a different thing. And usually it only takes like the smallest thing, like, like we got you on the show, like sending a D like you send a direct message and boom, you could have somebody like willing to do something for you for, you know, in like a day or like, yeah, you just like sit down and like start editing or start writing an article or something like, um, that yeah, you just got to try. Yeah. Cause a lot of people, they have like an idea of what they want to do, but then like, you know, months go by and they haven't even started. Yeah, actually yeah. manifesting that and trying to turn it into a reality can prove to be difficult. But I mean, that's that's what helps. And also just having a having a partner in crime to motivate you as well. I mean, I get really juiced off of the ideas that Nick presents, and then I'm like, oh, well, he's got these ideas. And oh, I gotta start thinking of this now. And then we get collaborative, <laughs> and, and and it's good. It's just good to build off of each other and and have that collaboration. So. Yeah, man, my yeah, doing it, huge. and we're, yeah.
Like, yeah, session, well, you know, your buddy learns a trick, you're going to get it back. <laughs> it's like the same damn thing. Yeah, that's like, true. Ex- exactly. It all translates. Do you go to anybody when you get an idea for a YouTube video or something? Like, are you asking your fiance if that sounds like a good idea? Or you're just like, I think this is cool. I'm going to do it and see if other people like it. Yeah, man. I mean, a lot of it is definitely going into it pretty blind. But I'll ask, like, my buddy Al or, like, Lucas. Or sometimes I'll just ask someone, depending on, like, what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I have, like, if I'm kind of, like, questioning whether or not I should do it or if I feel like maybe I want someone else to just help me kind of like how you guys kind of brew ideas off each other. It sounds like I'll yeah. just like, I guess it depends on, depends on who it is really. Yeah. Sure. Definitely fiance helps a lot, you know, having someone else that's like creative in the house. Cause I mean, she's constantly making content too. You know I mean? She has like, her blog and stuff like that. So oh, really? it definitely helps like, yeah. So it definitely helps having like, you know, someone else create us that's constantly like mm-hmm. trying to think of different things to do as well. That's cool that she has a vlog because she kind of knows how it is already. Whereas like, yeah, if I started vlogging, my girlfriend would be like, you're fucking stupid. Like, why are you? Yeah, no, no, sorry, 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 sorry. She has a, she has a, a blog. So like, oh, blog, like okay. Instagram, yeah, TikTok and stuff like that. Uh, but um, okay. yeah, she's definitely pretty. Really, she's in the world a little bit of like content creation. Yeah, you get it so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like my, yeah. I'm just like, hey, I'm gonna go into the bedroom for two hours and talk on the phone to like some skaters. She's just like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, get yeah. You gotta be able to have other people to bounce create up ideas off for sure. But I think it's also good just to kind of like, like you, like you said, just kind of be a little bit impulsive because it's also like trusting your instincts and, and trusting what it is you have. I think you always build off that, you know, like whatever your idea it is and you make it that day, it could be the building of like, you know, tons and tons and tons of more, you know, versions of whatever that is. Yeah. Um, true. I want to I want to bring it back a little bit because uh, you mentioned uh, working for for low card and I imagine your your experience with typical culture kind of landed you in with those guys. Um, is there, are you still doing that and and what else? What's your main source of income right now? Well, main source of income is Manscaped. So that's Manscaped. that's like my I've main. I've seen that around. Is that they have a heavy marketing department right yeah 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 so what do you do for them i'm I'm in the marketing department over at manscaped i do a lot of the the digital design and digital marketing as well so that's like my pretty much like a daytime job um that i'm working from home doing but for for and it's sick man like it is the best job like i've ever had for sure it's like i get to work with really rad people the culture's rad everyone at the company is rad I mean, obviously, it's a really cool company. Like, we make ball trimmers. Like, you know, we, we have to come up with, like, content for to convince dudes to be trimming their balls. You know, like, that's literally, we have meetings. Like, all right, like, you know, what's the next piece? You know, how, how what's our next, like, funny commercial to break the awkward barrier of, like, to tell dudes they need to be, like, trimming their balls? So, yeah. my day job is super fun. It's sick. I'm constantly around, like, creative people. 
Uh, if you need a, a hairy model to like, you know, step in and utilize those products for anything, just holler at your boy. I mean, I think I could really, <laughs> uh, I think I could really do uh, so, assistance in that department. Yeah, you, you you got like the modeling face and everything, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop it. Make me blush over here. Oh, man. We're going to be making deals. Watch out. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> So, hey, right. <laughs> you got a contractor, even. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you might have to t- put them in a tanning bed or something, though. I've seen Yeah, those, uh... maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're great, they're just... yeah. <laughs> These legs haven't seen, seen sun in a long time, man. It's, they're drying up over here, you know? <laughs> how did you land that gig did you because you didn't mention going to school for marketing or anything oh um, yeah same thing it was pretty much so i guess to kind of give like the, the the quick story of like you know the professional life is that i ended up getting a job at the skateboard mag um from Tivo culture so that gave me like kind of more experience with with i guess like the bigger dogs and having more responsibility, mm-hmm. like I got to take on their email campaign of like a content that I would send to the email blast and sort of just taking on more, uh, I guess like digital marketing initiatives, you know what I mean? Understanding of like, even like clicks and getting, like I would set up their online ads and, you know, be kind of looking at impressions and clicks and things like that. So that was like the beginning of it. And then it kind of just wormed hole from there of me just being like, all right, well, this is something like, I think I can actually like make a decent income, decent living if I figure out how to do like websites and kind of turned into, you know, the marketing side of it eventually because they kind of just go hand in hand. Um, but yeah, again, most of it was just online. A lot of it is just from, from working too, going experience. And I have gone to like, you know, it sounds lame, but a lot of like webinars and tech things like that to like learn and, certain courses i've taken like online studies and and even like you know certain classes after work and stuff so Mm -hmm. i mean just like anything else yeah that's pretty much how i learned like doing working digital design and after skateboard mag um i did like a couple different jobs and i had like a corporate job for a while and that that did help me kind of like learn a lot of stuff that helped me learn like what i don't want and what I could be good at and also like what I deserve and just simple things like that in the professional world that take, you know, a while to learn. And then, uh, yeah, then I ended up landing the gig at Manscaped. And as far as, um, low card, I actually just, I know Rob from doing civil culture. Obviously we did a lot of like collaborations, zines and did a lot of different stuff together over the mm-hmm. years. I went up there and visited him a lot of different times. And I just hit him up one day. I was like, man, your website is just not looking good right now. Let's, <laughs> let's redo that bad boy. And I'll just kind of come on and start posting content for you guys. Just sort of be like the web, the web slinger or whatever, you know? So I guess essentially I just kind of like pitched the idea and then he was like, yeah, let's do it. It was kind of a good timing because I think their web guy had like just moved or something like that. Sick. Yeah. So it's kind of like making something out of nothing, like just tell yourself. That's inspiring too, because a lot of skateboarders are come from like low income areas and families and can't afford to like maybe go get a university education. So 
it's cool to see yeah, people exactly. do something with just like for himself and and now you're on a home and that's fucking rad, man. Congrats on all that. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, like I said, anybody can do it. It's just having the right mindset and mm-hmm. you know, obviously things things aren't always easy, but you got to uh, just like have have some sort of goals and path and trajectory that you want to be on. You obviously got to like ride the wave, you know, as well. <laughs> when when you were uh, Working at the skateboard mag, was there ever any problems of like conflict of interest between working for them and having your own zine? Um, no, it never got weird like that. Like there was really never. I mean, I think towards maybe towards the end when I was working for the skateboard mag, it got a little bit harder because I was like, oh, I really wanted to push certain things into typical culture. But uh, we almost me and my buddy Austin, who helped me as well, he was like a, kind of a big part of starting typical culture. Definitely some credit. Um, yeah. Oh uh, no, sorry, Mayor. Uh, okay. He moved out to New Got York, it. like kind of like halfway through the process, but super rad. San Diego skateboarder kills it. But um, <laughs> yeah, basically he, you know, he left like halfway through the process. I forget where I was going. <laughs> uh, working on the skateboard mag conflict eventually. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess. Towards the end of it, it got, did get kind of weird because we almost shot ourselves in the foot by implementing and, like, doing so many things for the skateboard mag that we did for Tibble Culture because we're like, oh, we have all these cool ideas, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, eventually we're kind of like, oh, shit, like, we're kind of we're kind of overlapping both. <laughs> but it was never, yeah. like, I mean, Swift and Grant were, like, so cool with us and, and, and the fact that they like let us be there at a young age, they they really never never cared. I think because they also knew like it came from the same mentality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Grim and, and, and Swift they they did Trans World and they were under Trans World roof, wanting to do their own thing. You know there was you know some whatever different communications, and then they started the skateboard mag, and they understood like that we did civil culture and stuff. So I, I don't think they really cared too much. You know. If anything, yeah. they like helped us. They like introduced awesome. us to like certain photographers and skaters and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah, I was just yeah. curious about that because of like, I was thinking of myself. I was like, man, what would be my ideal job? And I'm like, well, working at a magazine would be sick. And I was like, but I already have my own. So I was like, I don't know how that would work, but you did it. it seemed to work out for you. I think it's a good, I think a lot of, yeah, I think it's a really good thing to do because it's very insightful. You know, like you can see the struggles that even high production has versus, versus like you and Ruben, you know, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes you can see like this huge, huge operation, you know, versus this super small operation. And because the small operation has like this low, you know, I don't know, less cooking overhead, almost, yeah, yeah, less overhead and just less maintenance. Almost, you, you can almost get more shit done. Like you said, you have an idea, get it done tomorrow. It doesn't have to pass like eight people. But it is so, cool yeah. to also be at a magazine and kind of like see that process as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's how these calls started. Nick just hit me up and was like, "Hey, man, we can't really make as much content as we've been used to doing because we can't." meet up with homies and go out and shoot photos and, you know, hit spots like we were doing, but 
at least this is a good way for us to still be able to produce some content and check in with our friends in the process. And it's been, been a lot of fun, man. I'm really glad that we got to like catch up and pick your brain a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Good. I hope we get skate once all this madness is over. I yeah, can't, so. I can't wait, yeah. man. For sure. <laughs> um, does your, uh, marketing job at all like influence um how you approach your youtube channel now oh yeah absolutely for sure i mean that's definitely a big i think you know going back to the other question of how maybe it's sort of working i would say it's like low, low momentum starting and mm-hmm. yeah i think having all that insight and knowledge of you know digital marketing and how I guess kind of just how people think almost it's almost like human human psychology and how people react and how they digest content and what they don't like and what they do like and what they'll click on because of what it says and how it looks. So yeah, that yeah. definitely helps. Um, did your when you applied to Manscaped on your resume is like typical culture like a big segment on there or um do you kind of try and highlight other more like professional things that you've done yeah i highlight vox pretty high just because i i I feel like it's um even though it's not around any yeah even though it's not around anymore for for the time being that i was there i did so much you know like as far as i mean i guess my title was was vp marketing but i made like so many different catalogs and numerous websites and different digital campaigns. So that one's kind of like the, the main highlight that I use for portfolio, but I definitely have civil culture on there. It's definitely more of just like a small kind of, here's my cause advocacy type of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it says that you have the drive to do something like that you're not forced to. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's right, man. And, uh, yeah, like like you said, we should hopefully we can all skate and maybe do a, a Dowdy Showbiz collab video or something. Oh yeah, sounds good. Um, That'd be fun. <laughs> we can start to wrap it up here, Rubes. Did you have any last questions for Zach? Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I just want to thank you again, man. I mean, like I said, it's I'm stoked that we got to catch up and it's just, it's good to wrap with you, man. But I wanted to ask, um, if there was just any advice you could give to any skaters that are dealing with quarantine right now. And there's just any words of wisdom that you'd be able to offer for people that are kind of holding it down and waiting for this period to pass. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the most important thing is to reach out to friends and family members and just talk to people like FaceTime quarantine call like we're doing right now just just bullshit you know and if you don't have you know fans friends or family members they can reach out to you can just you even reach out to me shit i'll talk to you yeah you know um you know i i that's one way or just i think the other thing is just you know remember that everyone's going through this and it's not easy and if you're struggling more than other people are struggling that's all right you're allowed to like you know feel how you feel if you're going there's you know you feel like this is like extra hard for you it's you know probably is i think like the most important thing is just like talking to people 
And if you know, like I said, if you don't have anything to talk to, you, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I wanted to ask to um, what is there one um, DIY project, whether it's a uh, skate related or maybe just home decor related, that uh, somebody could do at home for fairly cheap and with anything laying around the house that you might be able to recommend. It's a good one. I know. I know. Just, I put you on the spot there, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say just painting right now is a good one, dude. Painting is oh, like, yeah. y- you know, like it's 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 therapeutic, and I don't know. In some ways, it can be it can be frustrating, but at the same time, it's like it's almost like a season change, right? It's like life's changing, society's changing. Paint might help. I don't know. Freshen up your <laughs> wall. Freshen up your perspective as well. Like. I don't know if you got a super white wall, you could change it up. Or if you got a so, dark wall, you could change it to something bright. Uh, and paint's super cheap, you know what I mean? So I would say that's like a good option. Even like, I don't know, spray painting a board or something. <laughs> so do yeah. you mean like paint, painting your house or like painting on a canvas or all of the above? Well, I meant painting on on your house in general, <laughs> but Word. I mean all of the above for sure, but I... But I mean, like, your house. That's one thing I'm looking at right now. Like, I want to paint my office room so badly. So I'm going to do the uh, the good old Home Depot curbside pickup, get some paint, paint this this weekend, you know. Right yeah. on. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think that's a good one. I know that's, like, super basic and pretty, uh, I guess, white girl of me, but that's a good one. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. I wasn't even thought of that. Yeah, uh, it makes bad. it makes a difference, man. Yeah, my brother just he repainted his whole room because he had like this like like crazy like teal color for the longest time, and he just recently just actually just did a white. But like it's night and day, and it makes a lot of difference. And it is something that you can change that will help alter your you know experience during this time because you want to be comfortable while you're at home. And if there's anything you can do to make it better, now's the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I agree. Make your make your homestead comfortable for sure. Even like, <laughs> I mean, man, like we had like a white that was a little bit off white, and we're like, all right, we want it to be a pure white, and we painted the entire wall to be pure white. You know, like even if it's something like that, it's it's the experience, and it's like also just the the satisfaction of be able to like do something and accomplish something for yourself right now. That's also like a good thing to do. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, Rubes, any any last words for the listeners out there? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I wanted to ask before we before we get into oh, last yeah. words, um, what um, where can people find your YouTube channel so that they can go watch all the videos oh. that we could talk about, and then also hit you up on Insta as well. Yeah, I think if you just search Zach Dowdy on YouTube, my channel shows up. So. I guess that's just the way. I don't know the proper way to uh, plug it, but I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, we'll um, put a link in the description of this too. Shit. And then yeah, on Instagram it's just Dowdy D O W D Y. But uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's stoked to catch up with you guys and see how you guys are doing through uh, all this. I'm super stoked on the mag and definitely gonna keep following everything you guys do. Hyped on it. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Anything else, dude? Yeah. Um, yeah, just as a reminder, like kind of what we were saying earlier and what Zach was saying, just it's a good time to check in with your friends and 
make sure that we're all here for each other. So if you need anything as well, just you know where to reach me, you know where I'm at. And yeah, tell your friends you love them, tell them that you're here for them, and, and we'll get through this, you know? Hell yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, thanks again, Dowdy. Fucking, this is rad. And, uh, like I said, you're an inspiration to us and probably a whole new generation now with your YouTube channel. But, uh, <laughs> any last words or shout outs that you got? Uh, love you guys. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all on another episode of Quarantine Call with Shieldless Mag. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you do, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Shieldless Mag, as well as follow Zach at Dowdy. Make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. There's a link in the description. If you enjoy the song that's playing right now, it's by our friends at the band Tome, and you can find a link to their music in the description as well. If you want to get your hands on some quarantine call stickers, make sure to just shoot us a DM with your address and we'll get those sent out to you for free. We hope you're all staying safe and staying positive out there. See you next time.